This is the Metals Money and Market Weekly for the week of Friday, March 11th. I am Mining Audiences Manager Michael McRae here with the mercenary geologist Mickey Fulp. Hello, Mickey. Hello, Michael. Another week of volatility, eh? <laughs> it was quite a week, Mickey. We still have the pandemic supply shock overhang. We have inflation worries and we have this Ukraine-Russia war. I think some reports about negotiations in the conflict weighed on precious metals. Gold just screamed this week. Later, it came back to earth, Mickey. Well, indeed, gold set an all-time high this week. Intraday, it did not close at it, but well uh, above the old-time record of what 2063, something like that. It had a $100 swing on Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not sure which day. That is not unprecedented. And I've heard many people say it is. But if you remember during the helicopter Ben Bernanke days go in 2011, 2012, Gold would swing 50 or $100 up, or da- up and down in anticipation of what he was going to say or what he said. So all the other precious metals, also very volatile. Palladium had a $500 swing in three hours on Monday. You know, my mantra is embrace volatility. In fact, in February of 2012, I wrote a mercenary musing of that exact title. So I would encourage people to go to my website and check that unsolicited plug there. I said gold closed at 1985, up 2.5%. Silver, up 2.7% to 2581. Platinum lost $15 to close at 1,064. And palladium came back to earth, but it is still very close to its previous all-time record. It closed at 2748, up 1.1% on I think one of the advantages of having this uh, PDAC, uh, the uh, annual mining convention, deferred until June. I think if uh, this news was uh, dropping during the convention, Mickey, I think there would have been a lot of bruised heads from people just staring at their phones and then walking into columns. Well, that's one reason I don't own a cell phone. (laughs) Talk about coming back to earth. How about uh, copper, Mickey? Yeah, down 13 cents on the week, close at 4.59. It is in... Contango, the Contango continues, but really uh, it's driven by falling to failing. Chinese economy has really weighed on it. And we should also mention, since this is our industrial metals section, what happened in the nickel market on Tuesday. Nickel futures LME market collapsed and shut down. And nickel has not traded since sometime London time midday on Tuesday when it was halted at $17.32. And really what precipitated it was a massive short squeeze on a Chinese trader. And we've seen this happen before. It happened in 10 a couple of times Last year happened in copper. For those, I'm going to give another plug. Interested in what's going on on the base metal 
markets and how they're in turmoil, the futures and options market. For kick on February 18th, we did a our monthly commodity piece on base metal futures. So I encourage people to listen to that. Speaking about uh, settling lower, uh, oil was a little low this week as well too, Mickey. Yeah, I think oil hit as high, at least in uh, futures markets, about $130 this week. It took a big fall toward the mid and end of the week, closed at 109. That's up a percent from last week. Supply concerns, geopolitics, inflation continuing to weigh on the oil market. But really, oil is in demand right now. Let's look at the U.S. numbers. Rigs have increased once again, plus 13 on the week, but production is still flat in the U.S. at 11.6 million barrels a day. Inventories fell another 1.8 million barrels. Imports, 6.3 million barrels per day. If we look at the average week to week and compare it year over year, we are now importing about 1 million barrels more in the U.S. every day. And refineries have been basically flat for a month or six weeks at 15.2 million barrels. Some tidbits and factoids from the oil business Oh, Biden administration is now proposing a windfall profits tax on oil and gas companies just a year after Chevron declared a $5.5 billion loss for 2020. Gasoline, average price in the U.S., and I know you'll be jealous because you pay a hell of a lot more in Vancouver, $4.10 a gallon, all-time record. When Biden came in, the gas price was $2.38 per gallon. That's nearly a 75% increase. And here's something to show you about how our government works. The Biden administration about a month ago proposed that U.S. government vehicles, the U.S. fleet of 640,000 cars be all union and U.S. made. And unfortunately, they forgot to to uh, remember that that does not exist. That production capability does not exist in the U.S. Wow. Mickey, this was a surprise to me. I think uh, uranium was this week's well, absolutely. Uranium closed up 17% at $60.08. That was yesterday. I do not have today's numbers currently. Get this, Michael. This is somewhat ironic. This is an 11-year high for the spot price of uranium on the 11th anniversary of the Japanese tsunami, which shut down Fukushima, and it was also my mother's birthday. So we mentioned last week that the Ruskies control 6% of mine production, and the U.S. imports a hell of a lot more uranium than that on a percentage basis from Russia. Uh, If this price holds 
this is kind of the sweet spot where USISR production will come back. And on another note, Sprott Physical Uranium Trust has accelerated their buying, doubled it to 400,000 pounds per day. They are now holding, as of today, 51.6 million pounds of U308. The one thing I always wonder about these high uranium prices, and heaven knows, I mean, people have been just really keen on actually seeing, uh, you know, waiting for uh, uranium to uh, finally get a lift. But the problem with those problem with those nuclear plants is they're just so expensive to run. So if their input costs are if their input costs are uh, just going to continue to rise, um, I'm just almost wondering uh, if that also just kind of hurries up a transition out of the sector. But again, everybody's clamoring for electricity right now. So I guess over the short term, this could be a uh, bullish for uh, nuclear? Well, the, the real problem with nuclear is they're exorbitantly expensive to build. The CapExes are well above $10 billion for a decent size uh, reactor. But on the contrary, the cost per kilowatt hour is quite cheap. And so once you get them built, they're they're one of the cheapest energy sources to operate. But this is the reason that the world needs to go to smaller reactors, modular reactors, breeder reactors, molten salt reactors, small modular reactors, the whole gamut there. Let's talk currency. Well, let's do that. The U.S. dollar Talking about volatility, it had a 130 basis point swing during the week. It closed at the top end of its range, or nearly at 99.11, up 1.4%. That's a big raise. Euro fell exactly that amount. One closed at $1.92, down 1.4% on concern about energy supplies in the eurozone really the loonie was also weak this this week if you will closed at 78.47 that's a 41 basis points loss and the 10-year treasury as people moved out of bonds which were a big safe haven last week the uh, interest rate increased to uh, 2% flat, that's 14 basis point raise. Well, it's getting close to tax season, or I guess we are in tax season, Mickey, and I guess people are checking their RSPs or uh, whatever the equivalent is down in the U.S. And uh, they're going to be, be seeing a lot. IRA, my friend. Thank you. And I guess they're going to be seeing a lot of red there. Well, I don't know. You know, the markets have been up significantly from the beginning of 2021 but you're right we are in correction mode so if you look at your monthly statements uh you're going to take a couple of uh, a pretty good hit over the last couple of months let's look at the numbers dow jones had a very bad day today close at 32.943 down almost two and a half percent S&P 500 lost 3.6% to close at 42.04. The VIX, the volatility index, hit a high that we haven't seen since early December at 30.8. Average and, and 
And the medium for the VIX is about 18 or 19. So hugely volatile markets. A lot of this was driven today uh, by yesterday's CPI numbers. 7.9% official government inflation. As we all know, you can multiply that by two to reflect what's really going on in the pocketbooks of middle-class Americans. And there's no end in sight, my friend, because overnight the U.S. Senate passed a $1.4 trillion spending bill, all deficit spending, and that will certainly just add to inflation. NASDAQ closed at 12 844 down over 6% on the week. I'm going to call this one I'm going to call this one sideways. That's the uh, TSX uh, venture there, Mickey. Indeed, and it closed at 846 down 3 3 points on the week. Monday and Tuesday very high volumes or nearly double what we've seen lately. Wednesday to Friday not So basically what happened was as the price of gold went up, there was lots of trading on the venture. One thing I've noticed, though, is although the big gold miners uh, set 52-week highs this week, we have absolutely no trickle down yet to the junior gold explorers and developers. Let's look at the week ahead. I think the big question is $2,000, and we'll put a greater than sign on left side of that and a less than on the right side. Will the price of gold be able to hold 2000? It made a couple of attempts and fell off this week. The big news next week will come, I think on Wednesday it is, when it comes out with the federal funds rate increase, the market has counted in a 0.25% rate increase, but let's put that in perspective. Uh, 0.25% would take us up to half a percent. And when inflation is 16 times that funds rate, I would submit it will not be worth a hill of beans. That said, we've also got some other metrics next week. The producer price index, retail sales, a bunch of housing data include the all-important housing starts and industrial production in the U.S. Any parting snark before you leave, Mickey? Oh, yeah. I got a good one today. Once again, a Twitter poll. It'll come out this afternoon after we are done with this. So our sleepy president, Joe Biden Jr., dorms in the White House four nights a week, and then he helicopters off to Delaware mansions for long weekends. So my question is, who actually functions 24-7 as the president of the good old U.S. of A? And you have four choices. The first choice is Vice President Kamala Harris. Second choice is Chief of Staff Ron Klain. Your third choice is Barack Hussein Obama II. And your fourth choice is other. And if you reply, you can 
put in a write-in vote. And I'll tell you right now, my friend, my vote goes to Abbott and Costello. That's it from us. My name is Michael McCray, and I have with me the mercenary geologist, Mickey Fulp. You can follow Mickey at mercenarygeologist.com. Don't forget to rate us. Don't forget to subscribe. Mickey, have a great weekend. Thanks a lot, Michael, as always.